We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Day More NBA podcast coming at you Thursday evening. It's September 7th, and we are here at Falling Knife Brewing Company with the one and only Craig Kilborn. Yeah, let's clap it up for Craig. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Good to be home. What's up? I grew up here. I grew up in Minnesota. Yeah. Hibbing's fine. Hastings. Hastings. Nestled on the Mississippi. I actually read your Wikipedia page today. Yeah, my... Uh, I got that right. My dad took a transfer from New Jersey when before I was in kindergarten, and uh, it's a hockey state. I had to play hockey briefly. They wouldn't buy me a helmet. They bought me some equipment. My dad didn't care about my head, and then I discovered basketball in second grade, and I fell in love with the game of basketball. Is it weird we're doing a, a Timberwolves show on September 7th? The NFL season literally starts like in an hour. I love hardcore NBA fans, I, you know, so this is great. The Wolves are good. Yeah. And I think we're very, I think we're very talented, by the way. I mean, I don't, I don't see, I don't see a, a dominant team. I mean, Denver's good. We can play with Denver. We just have to stay healthy and see what happens. We will see. Um, what, what brings you to Minnesota? Are you, are you going to the Vikings game on Sunday? I, yeah, I, uh, I love the Vikings. I've been watching since 1972. Chuck Foreman was my favorite player. My dad could not get tickets growing up, but we went to the twins games. We went to see the Gophers. Some might remember the Pillsbury classic. That's a basketball tournament, a holiday tournament, but, um, we couldn't get tickets because they were sold out in the 70s, so this will be the first game I've ever attended, first Vikings game, which is a little <laughs> shocking. I'm, I apologize. That's very shocking. Yeah, but I'm excited. Uh, I, I like our team. I'm really excited about Brian Flores coaching the defense. I know we have a good offense, so it'll be fun. It will be. I'm No, I'm excited. for some, We got the Chiefs-Lions. I'm going to hang out afterwards if anybody wants to stay and Watch some week one. I'm, I'm, I need Amon Ross St. Brown to get many, many catches. From you play fantasy football, Craig? I don't play fantasy uh, wow. football or basketball. I just watch way too much basketball. That's same. I'm, <laughs> I'm in, I'm in the 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 same boat there. Um, we are like, we're pretty well in advance of the season starting here, but I feel like for 
a very inactive roster change summer for the Wolves. And I mean, we're running it back, right? Um, but it's been kind of interesting, particularly like half the teams playing in World Cup. Uh, Ant has obviously kind of ascended to being the guy on the Team USA team. Have you been watching any of that? Yeah. And uh, we're very, very fortunate to have Anthony <laughs> Edwards. You know, when they uh, when they drafted him, I, I don't uh, watch a lot of college hoops, so I do the research before the draft, and I just uh, I didn't know who to take. I thought LaMelo Ball was more polished. Sure. I said, this guy can work with Cat. Mm-hmm. And I even had dinner with some of the Wolves front office, uh, I think it was Ant's rookie year. And I said, I, I think it's a tough call. I, I mean, we, made, we took Ant. It was a tough call. Yeah. But I didn't like their reason for why they uh, didn't draft LaMelo Ball. We already have a point guard, D'Lo. No, oh, I, I knew D'Lo wasn't the long-term answer. <laughs> and uh, But now I know the thing I liked about Ant from the beginning, he was very raw. But in the fourth quarter, when right. you have to manufacture points and get to the rim like Dwayne Wade, Ant can do that. So he's we're very fortunate. He's he's becoming a better shooter. He likes to play defense. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we're very. I, I love I love Ant. I love our team. I tell you what, I wanted us to do in the offseason. I just wanted us to run it back, but add a pure pure shooter, which we didn't do. Nope. But I wanted I wanted to know what you thought. Uh, of the addition of Shake Milton, because I told, I, I what a name drop, but I had dinner with Chris Finch the other night, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, I just said, I'm so fired up for Shake Milton because I saw his highlights and I think he shoots like 47% from the floor and I'm a big field goal percentage guy. Sure. So what do you think of Shake? I think Shake is not a three-point shooter, but an efficient offensive player for the team. I think the way I'm thinking about shake is like Jalen Noel last year and a an upgrade on what Jalen gave for them kind of like a one two can play make can create can score some I just think the bench overall clearly needs more juice probably particularly when Ant's out of the game and Mike Conley's out of the game as well too I think that's kind of yeah you'll see is that Jalen Noel um, Jordan McLaughlin minutes. I think Shake will kind of take exactly. Some of that he's gonna he's a backup point guard. Yeah, and Finchy was like uh, he somehow Finchy loves he, that type of player. Yeah, he got. He, I think Finchy was like he got phased out of uh, Philly because of what's his name, Maxi. Yep. And uh, I'm really I'm I'm hoping that Shake does what Slomo did when we got Slomo, and I knew his game a little bit, but he had a career year. I'm hoping Shake Milton is the is now my new favorite player. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> and I think the bench is basically usually you play nine, you know, sometimes you play ten. So you got Shake, he'll back up Connolly and Ant. Yep. And as Finchie said, you play Ant at the point and have Shake at the two. Uh you got I really like how you're getting into the weeds here of the Am I getting am I going no, no, too no, early? You listen I, to the podcast. This is and this is this is what we do here. Well, let's talk about the top four guys no, off no, the bench. No, no, let's talk about the bench. Let's okay, top four guys off the bench. Who is it? Well, we got Shake. We got Nikhil. Yeah. I think Nikhil has been – that's probably been the thing that stood out to me most in watching the I know, USA I know. stuff. Like, yeah. He I, – I, in the beginning when Nikhil was playing, kind of in and out of the rotation that first month or so, 
I kind of got to the point in my head where I was like, all right, it was a throw in in the trade, kind of tried it out, but he's a free agent. I don't know if this is going to be a long-term thing. Obviously, the, what, what he did in the play-in, the end of the season, the play-in yeah. and the playoffs was extremely encouraging, but there's a little bit of you that goes, like, should we be relying on six, seven games of what he did? But really, if you've been watching the Canada stuff, I think he's been that yeah. and more for that team, which, you know, some people are like, oh, it's FIBA, it's international, whatever. I mean, he's playing on a team of all NBA players yeah. with that Canadian team. And he stands out as one of the better players, I, I think, and one of the, the more impactful. So I certainly think he'll be coming off the bench, too, uh, with Shake, Nas, obviously, and then it's probably Kyle. Slow-mo. Yep, those four guys. That's a pretty good bench. Slow-mo Slow is going to play the three. Yep. Nas is going to come in and play the four or the five, the four most likely. Mm-hmm. So I like Naw, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and I he has a high-arcing three. Shoots it a little like George Gervin. People don't remember him because I'm a couple years older than everybody here, apparently. But uh, but he he made some big threes uh, in the playoffs. Uh, and I'm yeah, he would be if he has a good year. You got to realize, I was really into Jalen Noel two years ago, and then he had a bad year, and I'm like, you got to move on, which they're doing. Yeah, and. Uh, even I like Jordan McLaughlin, but we got to move on. But we kept him because his contract is so low. But I, he's a heady player. Good to have around. Third string point guard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I think we're stacked. I'm fired up. Fired up. What have you – this is a, <laughs> a bad transition from fired up to the recent, like, Anthony Edwards, bigger pond, needing to go to a bigger market sort of thing. But as this morning when I was thinking about what are we going to talk about, the whole narrative, the whole idea behind what Pat said about Ant going somewhere else is that he needs to be in a bigger market to be a bigger personality, a more impactful person. And I was thinking about it, I'm like, well, you can definitely answer this better than I can. How, If we just focus on that part of it, and we'll get into the rest, but how important in your mind is it for if somebody wants to grow and show business, do they need to be in the LA's or New York's? Like how much has that changed over the last 20 years or has it not? Is it, do you need to be there? No, that's the old cliche, New York and Hollywood. But uh, is there anybody in the NFL more popular than Justin Jefferson? I mean, maybe Patrick Mahomes. uh, If you're talented, especially now with social media, it doesn't really matter. Right. I was a big fan of the Spurs and Tim Duncan. He's low key, but that, that team got a lot of attention. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was in a kind of a small market. And he, he gets a lot of it. He got a lot of attention. Now he's in the big market, but uh, no, I, I thought that was obnoxious. What Pat Bev said, it's kind of, it's kind of a old cliche about small market. Mm-hmm. Uh and I think, uh, like Kevin Garnett, wanted to stay here. He wanted to stay here. They had to right. talk him into getting traded. Cat uh, likes it here. And Ant just signed a five-year deal. So I thought what Pat Bev said was kind of silly. I, I did, too. I, I, think it's, I think it's a stupid conversation to be having right now. It, it, at a bare minimum. I mean, he's literally under contract for the next six years. 2029, Yeah, he's, he's under contract here. So that in and of itself, to me, makes it like 
inappropriately premature yeah. to, to be having the conversation. But at the same time, like, is there merit to the idea that any star player, by the time they are 27, 28 years old, move on? Absolutely. That happens all the time in the yeah. NBA, you know? So I, 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 I could, it's not wrong to say that it could happen, but the reason it it would happen is if this team doesn't have success. Yeah. I, I, I was like, okay, six years. So, I, you know, ESPN does like they rank the top yeah. 100 players. So I looked, I was like, okay, six years ago, 2017, who are the 10 best players in the NBA? It was LeBron in Cleveland, Kevin Durant in Golden State, Kawhi in San Antonio, Steph Curry in Golden State, Russell Westbrook, five, Anthony Davis, six, Chris Paul, seven, James Harden, eight, Giannis Tenacumpo, nine, Draymond Green, 10. Of those 10, the only three of them are still playing in the market that they currently did. Oh, yeah. It's Steph, Draymond, and Giannis. Right. And they all won. They literally won championships. So that's a high bar, obviously, for this. And maybe that's not exactly the bar, but it's being extremely competitive. Right. That's probably what it will take to keep Anthony. Again, way premature conversation. But if we want to actually dig into the conversation, yes, it's going to be that. But the way Pat said it so black and white that he's going to leave yeah. is is wrong when we have those examples well, yeah. right there. Stefan Giannis, I think, namely those two. He might it might have been just a soundbite to get publicity for Pat's podcast, or I don't know if was it his podcast or was it a guest. It was on Gilbert Arenas. Oh, Gilbert podcast. Arenas. Yeah. Sometimes you do these things that you just try to be entertaining. But uh obviously I disagree with him. I, I think Ant will be here for a long time. I think we're going to be winning for a, a while. Yeah. Playoffs. And um, we just have to, you have to tweak the lineup. Do you remember when the Bucks were struggling? They were there, but then they made that trade for Drew Holiday. They gave up a lot. Remember that? Yeah. So, you know, it, we, we'll see what we, I, this year, potentially, again, if we stay healthy, I just really want to see how far we go. It could be the last year, though. With Cat and Rudy together, we don't know, sure. right? Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. I mean, but that's the thing is there's there's time to figure it out still, and and maybe it does work with Cat and Rudy. You know, you you don't know. That. I mean, I, I just think when we're, I feel like in that answer or the the implication of that, if Pat's saying it or anyone else is saying it, is this like idea that the Timberwolves have not been having success. I mean, Ant has made the playoffs the right. last two years and been very good in them. Right. Now, now it's not been historically a good organization at all, obviously. Right. They've not been a winning organization. But that they can have been a bad organization, and that does not necessarily suggest that they will continue to be so, particularly when they've had as much turnover as they had. It's a new front office. It's a new coaching yeah. staff. And we're four months away from new ownership. I. I don't think we can just say it's the Timberwolves. Yeah, the same old Timberwolves. I think that's kind of a lazy uh, way out. It's a cop out. I live in Los Angeles, and they do that with the Clippers still. Yeah, Clip, you fled. Cl 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 Clippers are cursed, you know. Yeah. Uh, did you say I fled? You fled. <laughs> yeah, well, that's – yeah. I like the West Coast. What can <laughs> I say? But, uh, yeah, I think we're going to – I think we're going to do well – but and I'm not I'm not irritated with Cat and Rudy on the same team. So here's my thing. I want to ask you. Tell this. me about Cat and Rudy. I I, I well I'm going to ask you this first. Okay. I want to. 
I said this to Finchie, and I, oh, by the way, I also had Alex Rodriguez on my podcast, The Life Gorgeous. There you go. Plug I it. have The Life Gorgeous podcast on YouTube and Spotify and Apple. Thank you for that one person. You're a good <laughs> leadership right there. And then, of course, my iconic Instagram, Mr. Craig Kilborn, where I have one martini a week, except this week in Minneapolis, I will have three. I've already had two. I'll have one tomorrow night. Okay. Okay. So my question is, am I putting too much into the game five that we lost, close game at Denver? Uh, I asked that. I said to Finchie, I said, wow, that second half, that offense was ridiculous because Cat was scoring. Yep. You know, Cat, I'm a Cat fan because I know how skilled he is. I know how irritating he is with the fouls and everything, the reaching and, and the whining. But I like him. We were lobbing to Rudy. Ant was doing his thing. What did you think of the performance of the Wolves' offense in the second half, Game 5 at Denver? Yeah, Unfortunately, that was the first time in that series that you could paint a picture of how it worked, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and I think the offensive side is what we should focus on because Denver, best team in the NBA, they did not have enough defenders to be able to stop Rudy, Cat, right. Ant. Right. They put Aaron Gordon, who's a great defender, on Cat, but he's also the best person to guard Ant yeah. in that situation. How many three point plays, continuations did Cat have? Exactly. So there, amazing. There, there is, I think there is something to that. Obviously, you're not going to hang a banner for a good second half in game five of the first round when you right. ultimately lose, but th- that's what you're going off of with this team broadly. Right. Is, is how many of the flashes in the pan, because there were flashes in the pan, right? There wasn't there wasn't enough time with everyone together. How true can those be and how how much can they sustain? Yep. And and the answer is for sure more than last year, right? right? Um, ultimately, can you get to that? Can you get to that second half? At what frequency can you get to that second half? Yeah. And honestly, I think so much of it is on Finch. Yeah. How does he, you know, press yeah. the right buttons to be able to do that? Because Obviously, it's a non-traditional roster construction, yeah, which it's, leads to it's, a non-traditional style of playing. Um, but really, he's kind of the type of coach that I don't think is super beholden to one way of playing or the other. Like, I think, and I know they're they're figuring that out over the course of this summer. Yeah. What is the right way to be able to to do this? Is there anything that stands out to you in that game in the fourth quarter that bothers you still to this day? Do you remember? There are two two things. It was a while ago. What's that? It was a while ago. I'm well, here, I just when the Rudy, Rudy foul at the end. No, Rudy could have grabbed two rebounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. they got three pointers off of these things. Mm-hmm. It's like Grant. It was right there, mm-hmm. and, he, and Rudy didn't grab the rebound. It was yeah. irritating. It it well, I mean, where where are you just at with with Rudy overall? I mean. Because I feel like there's like 11 different types of Rudy conversations to have. There's the the trade and the pick compensation and all that. And I think at some point you kind of need to let some of that go to have a productive conversation about what the team actually is going forward. But it Rudy is the reason, a big part of the reason why they were able to make the playoffs yeah. without Cat. Yeah. And when we're saying, oh, Ant has made the playoffs the last two years in a row, a big part of that is Rudy. If Cat misses 50 games and they don't have Rudy Gobert, we're not in a great yeah. place right now. I, I like the trade. I don't like the trade compensation. I thought it was too much. But 
I know they were looking at Clint Capella and Miles Turner, and Rudy Gobert is better than both those guys, and I couldn't believe we could get Rudy. I know he irritates people because of uh, he's not so polished offensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but uh, I like him, and he did. I think we have the second-best defense in the NBA with him on the floor, I think is what a stat somebody threw out there a few times. So he doesn't bother me. I like him. I want to see how many years he has left. Same with Mike Conley, how many years he has left. Mm -hmm. But we were playing those guys without, uh, in that game five where we did so well without slow-mo, Jane McDaniels, and Nas. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is on Finchie because we have all, it's a little, a lot of tall guys out there, you know? (laughs) You know? I don't know how to mesh all those guys together, but. Yeah, I, I think the, the interesting part to me is Cat specifically, right? You trade, by trading for Rudy, you trade away Cat's advantage, right? He's faster than all the other fives. Right. He can do his little pump and go to get to the basket. And now when you move him to the four, he's being guarded by guys who probably can move with him a little bit. And, and his advantage becomes on the inside. So you need to post him up. But it's clogged down there. That's where Rudy is, too. So, I mean, this is, I was listening to Finch talk to J.J. Redick today, and they were kind of talking about, or J.J. was mentioning some of that today, too, that the, the greatest burden is on Cat in, in all of this to sacrifice his advantage he's had for the past however many years and try and find a new advantage at a, at a new position. And that's going to be tough. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's going to be tough, but we... We didn't get to see it for an extended period of time, you know. Um, with more time, can he grow an advantage at that position? That's kind of the ultimate question about how this roster was constructed. To yeah, I'm a big cat fan. I couldn't believe first three years he shots he shot 54. percent I was stunned at how soft a touch he has. I love what he'd post up. It's an automatic jump hook. Oh, yeah. I think. You know, they don't post them up as much because they're going to probably double-team them now. But there was a time when they didn't know and they would just do single coverage and he just killed grab, it. dribble, and jump hook. But now I, I, I kind of agree with Finchie. He, he should shoot more threes because he shoots such a high – he's the best three-point shooter on the team. He should yeah. shoot more threes. So I'm, I'm a big Cat fan. I mean, I, I, I just think sometimes he's unstoppable. He was unstoppable for three quarters in the playing game at the Los Angeles Lakers. Who didn't play in the playing game though? Um, oh, don't tell me. Oh, uh, Rudy Gobert was suspended. So what position was Cap? He's playing the five, and then yeah. he has the advantage. Right. You know, I mean, it's. So what are you saying? Because you were the guy years ago that said something. I disagreed with you, but maybe I'm. I I think they could have worked it out. I thought Ricky could play with D'Lo because Ricky can play with anybody, but you were like, but you were doing numbers. You do a lot. You do the numbers, right? I know it was it was bad, but it was a little weird. They didn't play that well, much. There's also together. the COVID season, right? I mean, Ricky said this. He didn't come in in shape that year. I mean, it's actually one of the could have been one of the coolest things in recent Timberwolves history is Ricky Rubio coming back to to the team. I mean, that was no crowd. And that was terrible. No, no crowd. <laughs> It was a, obviously a really rough season. Right. I mean, yeah, and I don't think it was a good idea to – I don't think the the general idea last season or season before that D'Lo – they tried to force him into playing with a lot of other point guards. Right. And I, I, it just hasn't ever worked. Yeah. 
So, I mean, ultimately that's, that's how now could Ricky play with Mike Conley? I think so. Um, so are you more skeptical? Like a lot of the national pundits don't think the Rudy cat thing works. I just think if they're talented, it's going to work. Let it, let them do it. We have them. Let's just go. I, I think it can work significantly better than it did last season. Right. The thing I run into with Cat as the fundamental flaw is defensively, can he guard fours? And interestingly, you say that because he was guarding Jokic in the, yeah. <laughs> and I thought he did a pretty good job. He did. It was it was amazing. Because they wanted Rudy to you know roam and help well, out. Craig, that's why they made. The, I, I mean, part of the reason why they made the trade was they didn't think Cat could be the tentpole defender center right. for a really good team. Right. So they went and got a guy who absolutely can be that, but Cat still has to play defense and guard somebody else. So right. So how do you how do you make that work? And I. I'm not saying it, it can't work. I just think it's one of those things you're going to have to be really creative with. Like last year, they had Mike Conley guard stretch fours and they had Cat yeah. go guard somebody in the corner. Like they're going to need to get creative to make Cat work defensively, particularly, I think, in a, in a playoff setting. And that's why I say that, that's why I right. keep saying the Finch thing. Can Finch figure those things out? Right. How many people here like Carl Anthony Towns, the ball player? You guys oh, clap? You like him? Yeah. How many? I know some people are down on him, you know. But do you, anybody who wants him traded eventually? Anybody? No. Oh, that's good. That's good. Because you know, it's like uh, Kirk Cousins. I there, there's people that say if you don't like Cat, you don't like Kirk Cousins. Sure. You know. But uh, Kirk's solid, man. He can be very accurate, yeah, and I mean, uh, as long as he has some time, he's he's pretty good. So you're just worried about meshing. Rudy and Cat, and it's is it mainly on offense or is it also on defense? No, I think offensively you can make that work. Okay, way more than you can. I just picture a playoff series and a team that would be able to put Cat in action over and over again right. against a player who's faster than him. Yeah. You know, Cat's a pretty good rim protector. He's a good rebounder. He has size twenty six shoes. It's just going to be oh, hard for him to. I, I know. Move around. No, on the I, I was guards. worried when, when he came out of college, and I heard how big his feet were. I was like, no lateral movement. How do you do that? I mean, he's still decently quick. I know he has a good yeah. first step, and that's why really he sometimes when he drives, he'll push off with his right. free arm and, yeah. and extend. But I forgot to ask Finchie a question. But I'm going to have to ask the next best option, Dane Moore. Uh, what about the zone defense? I don't think Finchie likes playing a zone, does he? They did it a little bit last year. If I remember, it was like middle of the pack in the NBA in terms of frequency. Um, I mean, they had to just do so many different things to deal with an injured roster over the course of the year. I think, I think that could be a regular season thing that they do. Again, you're playing against better teams. You're watching the film game after game. Yeah. I think you can pick apart zones at the NBA level. Pretty, I mean, Miami did a lot. They were decently good at it. But um, I think it's that could be a regular season answer. You think Miami? We, we always beat Miami in the regular season. And they overachieved. Jimmy you, know who else, you know who else were better then? And uh, they finished like third or fourth. We always beat Sacramento. Yeah. No, we're good, man. I mean, that, that would be the one team when I look in the Western Conference that I think I think they were the three seed last year. Yeah. I could absolutely see the Wolves winning more games than, yeah. than Sacramento in the regular season for sure, or even beat them in a 
in a playoff series. They were really healthy too. I mean, that that's so much of this. Yeah. I, I'm hoping, I hope I'm not too greedy here, but I think, you know, I don't see a dominant team. I, mm-hmm. I think we're comparable to Denver. I want to finish top four. Yeah. All the national pundits, I've, I've heard them. They're going to be fighting for a play-in again because they don't have that respect uh, for the Wolves. But I think we're, uh, we're right there. I think we have the talent. It's just- a- absolutely. I mean, I, I, I think as a regular season team, they could absolutely, absolutely be in that range. I mean, even higher. I, even higher than that, it's, again, it's, it's once a team can really pick at the two bigs, that's where my concern would be. During the regular season, like, I think the win total over-under is 43 and a half. I, I absolutely, that's, re- that's, that's ridiculous joke, to me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not, hopefully not, not too biased, but, uh, I mean, I don't see this team not being a 45-plus win team next season. How does my voice sound? You want, you want me to like this? How does it sound? Is it, is he Not loud beautiful. enough? We need, we need Craig loud. Can the young people hear me? Is it too distorted? Are you, I'm going to be singing the young later. People. Um, so I wanted to ask you about the Phoenix Suns. Do you worry about them? I do. I'm, I'm higher on them, I think, than, than a lot of people. I mean, it, it's kind of the same argument that you're making about the Wolves is just a pile of talent. Who's, and, who's their point guard? <laughs> uh, Someone said Devin, Devin Booker. Booker. Is he going to play? Or, okay. or Beal. I mean... Yeah. That's kind of a question in the NBA today is how important it is becoming less needed to have a Ricky Rubio, right, you know, right. and, and kind of to, to hold things down. And But, I mean, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, that in and of itself is special. And I think people forget that Bradley Beal is a hell of a player, too. I don't know if I told you this, but uh, so last season, regular season, uh Johnny Athletic was uh, the the Wolves were going to play the Lakers. So Johnny Athletic texted me and said, "Hey Craig, I'm in in LA. Let's let's have a drink." And uh, I said, "Great." And this was right after uh, they had played, lost at home to the Wizards. Yeah. Uh, and Bradley Beal went off in the fourth quarter. Okay. And I said to uh, John and I were having a drink, and I said uh, they should have double teamed Bradley Beal because you're going to leave somebody open, but that guy's not red hot. Sure. Bradley Beal's red hot. Mm-hmm. Double team him. Mm-hmm. And Johnny said, I fully agree. And he said, by the way, I'm having dinner tonight with Finchie and uh, Micah, Micah Nori, the yeah. assistant coach in Beverly Hills. I said, oh, well, I'll, uh, I'll drop you off. And he says, well, if you drop me off, you better come in because Finchie will want to say hi to you. He's never met you. I said, okay. But I'm going to say something, not to Finchie. I'm going to say something to Mike Inori. So I, I walk into the restaurant with John. I say, hi, nice to meet you, coach. Big fan. Hi, Mike. Nice to meet you. Feel free to double team Bradley Beal next time. <laughs> and Finchie looks at John and said, did you tell him to say that? And John says, no, Craig said that as himself. It was so funny. Uh, I like doing that. Yeah. I like doing But, you know, you got to double team. Finchie's great because he... You know, fans are always questioning strategies and Finchie, you know, rolls, you know, rolls with it. Today's show is brought to you by NBA 2K Mobile, and I'm really excited to be partnering with NBA 2K Mobile because honestly, I think it was playing NBA 2K back in the day that really helped me fall in love with the NBA as a whole. Playing 2K made it so I became familiar with all 30 teams and not just the Wolves. 
NBA 2K Mobile's free and downloadable mobile app is a way we can tap back into that love for the game for the whole league and get us ready for the 2023-24 season. I mean, honestly, it's wild to me how easy it is to download and be playing a top-notch version of 2K in a matter of minutes. From multiplayer matchups to my player, NBA 2K Mobile has numerous ways to play that keep the game fresh and exciting, obviously, all with the convenience of being able to play NBA 2K Mobile on the go. NBA 2K Mobile is the mobile game for real basketball fans that always has something new to explore. Download NBA 2K Mobile free on the App Store or Google Play and use my promo code TATUM2KMOBILE to redeem an exclusive Jason Tatum Pearl Tier card. That's code T-A-T-U-M-2-K-M-O-B-I-L-E on the NBA 2K Mobile app. Today's show is brought to you by the Game Time app, and Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. I went to a concert last week, and the whole process of knowing where to go to get the tickets, it was stressful because the last time I went to a concert, it was a mess trying to get the tickets from the third-party website onto my phone. But with the Game Time app, I felt confident even last minute that I purchased my tickets at a fair rate, and that's because of their best price guarantee. And then with the app, it was easy to just use my phone and get into the concert I paid for, no confusion. So if you're looking for tickets to a Lynx game, a Twins game, or a concert this summer, check out the Game Time app. You'll get images of your seats when you buy, so you know what to expect when you arrive. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set, and tickets are sent directly to your phone. So no need to dig through your emails and click on a link here or there. You can just snag tickets without stress with the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app. Create an account and use code DaneMore for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and use the code DaneMore, all one word, for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So I'm assuming over the course of the years, there's been, you've probably got to know most of the coaches um, for the Wolves. Like how? Would- uh, I knew I was really tight with Flip, the late sure. grade Flip Saunders. He actually recruited me out of Hastings when he had a junior college. Uh, yeah. he, he started coaching at uh, Golden Valley Lutheran JC. And we were friends and he invited me to training camp with the Wolves yeah. in, back in 2004 where I came in for a couple of days and worked out with the team. It was fun. But I actually, uh, so I just knew those guys. I knew uh, his assistants, Randy Whitman. Sure. Uh, who was who the other? Who was uh, Gary Seesting? Yeah, Gary Seesting. Uh, and, uh, but no, I know Ryan Saunders, obviously. But uh, 
never knew Tibbs, you know, hard to know. <laughs> yeah. What, uh, what, what has stood out to you about Finch, whether it be when you've had the chance to talk to him one-on-one or just kind of watching him wander the sidelines and what he's been able to do with this team? Well, he, um, you know, he was supposed to be an offensive savant. He was supposed to, and I've seen some things. Do you remember, uh, remember those, uh, that great game we won down in Phoenix? I, I, I think it might have been the one when Ant and Cat had over 40. But do you remember that out of bounds play where they're lined up at the free throw line and the guy, and then a the guy just goes. Wancho, the, right? Wasn't yeah, it Wancho? And he dunked. Yeah, and he yeah, dunked. Yeah. And then he, remember that out of bounds play at home where Ricky was throwing it in, threw it to yep. D Lo for the layup to beat Utah. But, um, yeah, I, and then now the, the public criticism is call more plays, get more structure, call more plays in the uh, last two minutes or last three minutes. And, he, you know, he likes the free-flowing. So I actually, at dinner the other night, I said, I got an idea for you. Um, since if you don't want to call a play, you want the free-flowing, have an agreement with Conley where you're going to, He's bringing it up, and you're going to do this, and you're going to appease the crowd, the fans. He's calling a play, and then just let it, let it. And Conley will nod, and then it'll just be free flowing offense. That makes sense. <laughs> and uh, Finchie said, "I could do that with Conley. He'd like that." You know. I do think Conley is. I don't think we even comprehend yet how different D'Angelo Russell to Mike Conley is right. in terms of style and specifically style a more structured style that would help this roster like that's a right. reason to be into this team i was on your podcast a while the other time it was i've been on two or three times i don't remember yeah. but and all we were talking about was okay we're gonna trade d but who's the replacement who's the replacement that's all i wanted to know we need that yeah and i always said i told this to alex rodriguez too after the trade i said I've always wanted a young Mike Connolly type. Yeah, yeah, sure. Connolly type. But uh, we got the old Mike, but he's still he's playing well. I don't know how much yeah. longer he's going to be doing doing that. But I mean, he was great after the deadline. Oh. He played every game. Yeah, thirty six years yeah. old. Like, yeah. and he's a great dude as well. Like, I and I think the locker room could use some of that. Yeah. Also, the kind of sensei sort of mentality. Did you when you say locker room? Was the did they like Torian or did they want Torian out or they didn't care? What are your what are your thoughts on Torian Prince? In, in the locker room, he was he was loved. I mean, he was totally. I mean, on on the I think everybody thought like Pat Bev was the leader leader of that team. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going anecdotally off of what I saw sitting behind the bench or in the locker room, but I think Torian Prince was as much the connector. Okay. of that group as anyone else was. I wasn't sure because he was pushing Rudy away when Rudy was throwing the punch. I mean, yeah. I didn't know if he was a Rudy fan. but uh, <laughs> Maybe not a Rudy fan, but I, 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 we're talking about two years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, I think he's going to be really good. I like it, yeah. I like his game. I like his yeah. game. I don't think the guy we got, Troy Brown, will play much, but I could be wrong. Yeah. You never know. We left him out of our rotation, but maybe he'd be like the, if we did nine, he'd be, right. he'd be ten. Right. And Injuries happen, you know, yeah, yeah. and that's the shooting. Like you said, it's not the, you know, maybe right. you wanted a player that you could rely on for more minutes for shooting, but he's a shooter. Like he's absolutely. Yeah, well, it's just, you know, Jamal Murray gets so red hot and there's nothing you can do, you know? 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but uh, I like. Well, I think we have a lot of talent. I mean, I've never, I've never really uh, seen. I don't see any holes. I just see the meshing issue. Yeah, which time, if nothing else, is, yeah. is going to help that. Are you cool with taking some questions from people in here? We got a third mic. Yeah, let's see. Uh, no cursing. Um, yeah, that's fine. That's, that's great. Fine. We do, we do have an extra mic over here. What, one sec real quick, Tom, before I uh, have you do the question. I just wanted to say for, for you, those of you here or those listening um, at home, we are going to do, like, a, we're calling it Wolves, or Falling Knife is calling it Wolves Fest. Um, it's going to be October 14th. Uh, so Falling Knife does, like, a lot of block party stuff all around here, diff- different times during the year. So we've been talking and kind of wanting to do something that'll be, like, right before the season starts. So I just wanted to put that on everyone's radar. October 14th, Falling Knife is has been great for the podcast. I think it's been great for the Wolves community a place where everyone can kind of come to uh, watch Wolves games, obviously, during the season. So uh, hopefully we'll be outside, you know, weather permitting, have a few different guests, have some beers, we'll have merch and stuff for sale. But uh, again, I just want to put that on your radar, October 14th. We'll call it uh, Wolves Fest 2023. Come out at uh, 4 p.m. Are you wanting to get in here for the promotion? Say that again? I don't know. You look like no, you're ready no, to no, say No, no, no. I was thinking, no, no. Go ahead. Um, yeah. Okay. So just have that on your radar. October 14th, we're going to start at 4 p.m. Me, Britt, I'm sure a handful of other people will come out here uh, to Falling Knife, where we're recording this tonight. Anybody, if you do have a question, uh, we do have a microphone here. We'll go for, I guess, until we kind of run out of questions here. So, Craig, I think to uh, embellish on your cat question, and I don't want to speak for everybody, I think we love cat as the player. We don't love Cat as the interviewee or uh-huh. podcast guest. Yeah. When is he getting on the Life Gorgeous? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I should get him on there. You know, I don't know. Maybe he's not. a little. He's a little. Well, he's quirky, and I don't know what it is. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I wanted to tell you now. This guy's. I'm going to use a different example. Cat's quirky. He says silly things. I don't know why he does that. I can't figure it out. But years ago. In the like 2003 and four, when the Spurs were so great, they would battle the Lakers. Uh, I was at this function and Jeannie Buss was there from the Lakers, and we were chatting. And she goes, uh, She was making fun of Tim Duncan because Tim Duncan's not from America, Virgin Islands. And she says, You know, when he was at Wake Forest, he would sit in the front row in math class and raise his hands and ask questions. Like she was making fun of him for being a nerd while he's being a good student. But he's quirky in his own way, right? Mm-hmm. But he's he doesn't say the asinine things that Cat says, and I can't figure it out. Now, the other thing that bothers me when he plays is he will pull the guy's jersey down with he'll he'll try to block the shot, and then he'll you know put, put his hand on his hip so the guy can't jump. But he doesn't think the ref can see yeah. what he's doing, and he goes what what? Yeah. So he's it's. He's bothersome that way. I think quirky is the right thing to say. Yeah. But I just want to say from Falling Knife and I know everybody here how excited we are to have you here, Craig. And yeah. how, how Thank you very much. Psyched we are. Love to be and home. Then, it's great to be home. And then, of course, Dane, you know, another year renewing our partnership together. We're just so to the moon about it. So thank you, guys. Give it up for Craig and Dane. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, one question I want, I want to hear from both of you on. So 
we talk every year about leaps from these players, especially like Ann, Ann Edwards, which he is. He's making these leaps year and year, even in the FIBA games, right? What other player besides Ant do you think is going to make that leap, the, the biggest leap this year? Let me take that. Wait a second. Well, there's a guy that jumps out or leaps out, but he already took he already took the leap, but he got hurt. He punched a wall. But but Jaden McDaniel's how good can he be? Because he shoots. I he you know he couldn't handle the ball. He's worked on his dribbling, but his. He's making some shots, man. I know he's a great defender. So is he? can he make another leap or not? I think the the leap for him will come based on how much more usage he gets. And that's kind of the question of how much more can you – I mean, honestly, Jaden had a great year and had, had the ball in his hands more than any other time in his career. But part of that was because Cat missed 52 games. The roster was in transition. A lot of guys right. were hurt. So I, a question or another Finch question is how do we make sure Jaden is at least getting as many shots this season or the right. ball in his hands yeah. as much as he did last year while Cat is back for right. 52 games? Jaden, absolutely. I mean, you talk to anybody in the organization, talk to any of the players, that would be their answer yeah. to this question yeah. uh, 100%. I also think maybe if Nikhil plays more See, this year, he yeah. can guard guys so Jaden doesn't have to be so, on the ball as much. Like, so So – Nah, I don't know how much he's going to play, but he's the kind of the unknown. Yeah. So he would have to take a leap to, to stay in the rotation. He would have to take a leap. He's got to be consistent. The other guys, we know how good they are. They just have to play well. Mm -hmm. But the leap is Jaden already took a leap. Continue that. Mm -hmm. Ant's doing this. By the way, uh, did I mention I had dinner with Finchie? So he... <laughs> He tells me, he says, uh, he got a text from Steve Kerr. Oh. Raving. Are you allowed to say these things? Yeah, you're, raving. You're no, raving about Ant. Yeah. He goes, you got, a, you got a hell of a player here. You got a hell of a player. And then there was this thing we talked about where, do you remember when Ant was coming out of college and Golden State worked him out? Yeah. And he was like, ah, you know, Steve Kerr said he's not working hard enough. Might have been strategic, is what I was told, to let him drop to number two where they took Wiseman. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. sometimes you you, you sure. say we're not going to go near this guy. He's not, you know. Right. And then you draft him. So others, ah, so so the Wolves wouldn't take him. Saying. Yeah, that was what it was talked about. I mean, compare Ant to James Wiseman. <laughs> <laughs> right. The the Lamelo thing might have been close. We got another question here. Yeah. So, Dane, you had a really good uh, segment on a pod where you were talking about the implications of the CBA and the current Wolves roster. And I think the conclusion was that we have a pretty small runway before we have to make some serious financial decisions. So I guess putting your GM hat on and your GM hat on, you're the GM. What does it take for you to say, screw the financial implications? That would be an ownership question because the financial implica implications are about paying more money and paying a tax for that. And that's just kind of one of those unknown things in sports in general. Like how willing is Alex Rodriguez or Mark Laurie to be paying 50, $80 million just in luxury tax on top of the rest of it. I, I don't know. I, I can't answer that because it's not my money. I mean, you look at Golden State, 
who's printing money at that arena over there. And they've even made some cost-cutting, luxury tax-conscious decisions with their team because they're looking at $150 million maybe just in, in luxury tax there too. So I don't know. I mean, I think generally speaking, that's going to kind of be the line that most teams cap themselves out at is, is the luxury tax line. Maybe for one year you dip into it, but you know how it works where if you're in it for multiple years, you're paying even more money. Um, I would, I would just say that, yeah, this team probably is going to need to make in the next 24 months, 12 months, a, a cost conscious move that wouldn't be like, Oh, classic cheap wolves. I think it would be something that, 25, 28 of the other teams would, would do as well. I think that's probably why there's some more, probably why Jade McDaniels hasn't signed an extension yet. Cause kind of at one of those places where every million dollars a year makes a little bit of a difference. So I think they'll pay if it looks like it's a team that's set up to be an elite team uh, in the NBA, but it's not one of those things that any team, again, Golden State as an example can just do in perpetuity. You kind of got to pick your spots to pay the tax for one year and then maybe you get out of it or whatever it might be. But we just don't know what their willingness is to spend exactly. I have two things. I wanted to say when KG went to Boston, uh, I remember people saying, don't wait, win it this year, win it this year. And they won it that year and they didn't win it again, even though they got there. And I'm like, I don't know if the team is going to get broken up, but just go as far as you can this year. I'm probably not allowed to say win it, even though I'm a, I'm a man and I'm allowed to dream. But I wanted to ask you, did, did Tim Duncan sometimes take pay cuts? Did I remember that correctly or not? Not yeah. that anyone would do it on our team, but, you know. It's, it's getting exceedingly rare. I think kind of end of his career, Duncan did. I think Dirk did as well um, at the end, but... I mean, I, well, Ant and Cat are going to be the guys making the 40, 50. You Rudy know, makes so much money. And Rudy makes 40 yeah. as well. So I don't, I mean, I guess he's the next one up of those guys to yeah. have a new contract. I'd be pretty surprised if Rudy was like, no, just pay me seven. You know, yeah. like yeah. I, uh, I, I think you're just, these guys, I mean, the money is so crazy these days that they're they're trying to maximize it because, I think Anthony Edwards is going to make a billion dollars. Unbelievable. Career. Like, I mean, if he plays for 15, How many years, dogs is he going to buy? Ant Jr., Ant the Seventh. Um, all right, well, we can rip through a couple more questions here pretty quick. So in the vein of five questions, there we go. think of a Timberwolves first-round draft disappointment. Now think of another. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, wait, let me do this again. Because uh, there's a guy that I like that we drafted. That, can I just say who the guy I liked was? It's he was a flake, but he could score. Rashad McCants. Okay. okay, you want me to think of one? Okay, uh, just a second. I got two. I thought of two. Okay. Okay, now think of another. Okay. Okay, who is it? Rashad McCants. So <laughs> it was, uh, you know, it was the, uh, they blew it with Steph Curry. The one that really bothers me is, uh, is, uh, Jamal Murray, they took Chris Dunn. Mm -hmm. That was Tibbs. Yeah. Is that what you were thinking? Uh, who, are you, who are you on your third one? Well, my first was Johnny Flynn. Right. Second, I was thinking Jarrett Culver. 
Oh, good call. Yeah, I forgot about him. Ooh, sixth pick. Third, I thought Derek Williams. Uh, oh. Derek, Derek West Johnson. Number two. Number two. There's a lot. There's there's more than five. Oh. <laughs> there are plenty. Oh. Thank you for the question. So painful. Another question here? Hey, Craig. Um, when, when I was younger and all my friends were watching, uh, in the year 2000, I was watching in the news for sure. But uh, I just wanted to say, um, what is what do you think their ceiling is in terms of just like the regular season? Like how high of a seed do you think the, the Wolves can get to? Well, I'm, I always say I'm hoping for top four because you get the home court. I want top four. But uh, that's they, not crazy. That, I mean, that, that's not like a, an outlandish no, ceiling. I, I'm just saying I'm, I, like, I, I know I know how good they are. So, but I just think it's a little greedy for me to say they're going to finish one. So I'll say uh, I'd like them to finish th third, and they can do that. They're better than Sacramento. I don't know how good Phoenix is going to be. Yeah. I don't know how good the Warriors are going to be. I, who else should I worry about? Oh, oh the, 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 Denver in there. Yeah, well, Denver's one. Yeah, I'm yeah, still yeah. having, yeah, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. So I have Denver, but I'm talking about two, three, and four. Do you think the Lakers, they've improved? No? I, I mean, I, I would maybe take regular season i mean it, it's a lebron team I, I don't think it's crazy to say the wolves will win more regular season games than the lakers i i, I, I agree and i hope so but the I, lakers yeah they i like their team after the trades i, I like anthony davis a lot you sure. know? i i mean the reason the number is as low as it like from an actuarial standpoint why it's 43 and a half or why people are saying they're going to be the eighth or ninth seed is the West is going to be awesome this year. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think it's going to be switched. Like, I, I think the if the Wolves finished as the eighth seed, I I would bet it would be two or three games away from the three seed. Yeah. I just don't think it's going to be the, like, tiered Western Conference that we're used to. And, and that presents an opportunity, if you are a team that takes the regular season seriously, to get the second or third seed. How can we do a podcast for this long and not mention Josh Giddy of OKC. <laughs> That's who I played like, people. Josh Giddy. That was your guy. I was a much better shooter than Josh Giddy. <laughs> uh, OKC is uh, OKC is. A, a That's why I was. Right. That's why I was yeah. thinking of them. Uh, Chet Holmgren. Chet's back. Chet's back. He was. He was fun at fun at summer league too. Shea. I mean, if you're watching this World Cup stuff, I mean, that's a. I think he's a. I think that's going to be an interesting one for like the next three years is Ant versus Shea in terms of quote unquote small market team, but could move towards being, I mean, Shea made first team all NBA this year. Yeah. I mean, I think Shea's a top 10 player in the league right now. Yeah, he's good. And, and, and he's got a couple of years on Ant, right? But uh, that, that's going to be an interesting kind of comparison going forward. We have another question? Yeah, uh, so I was actually at the uh, training camp that you played. The, oh, cool. Season. And uh, uh, just wonder where does that rank in your career accomplishments? I know your, your best moment before that, uh, T-Hud's head was in the way of your oh. beautiful pass. But uh, where does that, you know, draining that free throw and just, you know, well, being with the team, where does that rank? It's kind of sad. Uh, I said to, I was uh, 40 or 41 years old. And I said to Flip, who invited me, why couldn't you have invited me when I was 27? He goes, nobody knew who you were when you were 27. Because <laughs> I hadn't even started working at ESPN yet. But uh, I, made a, I made a pass. Uh, 
I said, I said to Flip, I'm going to make a pass because sometimes as a shooter, you got to get a little warm, and I didn't know if I'd get warm. You went full giddy. Yeah, and so here's what it was. It was a, you know those two, two on one, three on two drills. So now we go two on one, and then we come down three on two, and I'm on the left wing, and Sam, I am Sam Cassell's bringing up the middle, and back there on the right trailing is KG. So Sam throws it to me, and I go like this. I catch it with one hand. And go like this because I know KG's trailing, and he dunks it, and everyone goes crazy. And I ran off the court, and you know, like did no look. And I said to Sam the next day in training, I said, "What'd you think?" He goes, "I thought you're coming back to me, man. I was ready to shoot, you know." <laughs> but uh, it bummed me out that in the inter squad game, I I I took a shot. I took two shots. Uh, they were both short. I pulled my hamstring. I still feel it to this day. It's moved up to my glute. I'll probably have to have hip surgery. But anyway, that's the, what happens when you try to play defense, man. Don't ever try to play defense. <laughs> but I, I missed my two shots, and they let me shoot a free throw. It was it was exciting but kind of nerve-wracking because I was not, at 41 years old, I was way past my physical prime, you know. And the best team we ever had you were with, you know. I know, and they, yeah, they, uh they got to bring you back. If Sam, if Sam didn't get hurt, uh, and 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 the team that won that year, the Detroit Pistons, we we beat them twice. They were close games. One was overtime, but that we beat them twice. So we were we were good that year. It's been a while. <laughs> exactly. But you know, I mean, this is is this as excited as you've been for a season? Yeah, I'm. I just bothers me so much the injuries. You know, with with Cat, and, uh, and then I couldn't believe. Nas went down, yeah. so I'm just trying to be chill and see how it goes. I, trying when we were when we were talking about the the leap thing. I wonder, like I think in many people's eyes, Nas took the leap last yeah. year, right? Yeah. And then that's where it got. I mean, now I think around the NBA, people know who Nas Reed is, but even last season, Nas did not have a consistent role on a team. This should be the first time in his career. That he's had a consistent yeah. over twenty minutes every game role, and I'm not. I think there's a ceiling to what Nas can be, but I think through that consistency, through getting better year over year, which he has done consistently, I wonder what that leap can be. Like, and 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 in the context of a double big team, you know, that maybe that convolutes it a little bit. But when we when we say Jaden and you say maybe Nikhil, I mean, I think I think Nas belongs in that conversation too. Yeah, so most people, most Wolves fans love Nas Reed. And I always say I like that. And I that was a louder I, that was a louder response than the yeah, cat question. And there's something special about him. I always say I like him uh because I can't tell. He's really obviously he can score, he can handle the ball, which throws people off, that he can do sure. a crossover and everything. But I need better defense, man-to-man defense. I even asked Finchie the other night, is he a good defender, you know? And, uh, you know, he's getting something he has to work on. He's good at protecting the rim. Yep. Uh, he and everybody on the team needs to rebound better. I mean, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, he's going to play. He's going to play a lot. I just I, I just wonder what that consistency yeah. will do. You know, yeah. that's that's something he hasn't had. Another question here? What do you think about Gobert shooting threes in ha, 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 ha. It, it came up over dinner. We asked Finchie. He's like, yeah, he, he texted me. Rudy texted me of shooting threes. I saw it. I, I just hope it's not. I, 
don't know if you guys remember Minute Bowl when he used to shoot threes and the crowd would go crazy. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't think. I think just doing the regular season if you have to for the crowd, but don't mess around in a playoff game. Yeah, I, I think the the spacing thing is an issue, right, with the team. We talked about that. Can you post up Cat if Rudy's on the, in the lane as well? I wonder if you can just get to a point where Rudy can occasionally go stand in the corner and if left wide open could shoot one every three games and make 30% of them, you know? 30? Okay, I was wondering what you wanted. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that might be... No, because I, I you know, I, I uh, interviewed Barkley once and I was... It was with another ball player. Weber was there, and I said, "Chris Weber, what's Barkley's career three-point percentage? You want you want to guess what it is? It's going to be lower than you think. No, not that low. Not that twenty-eight. Low. Twenty-eight exactly. And there you go, twenty-eight, <laughs> which is not good. It's and, not good. And I and that I is, think, that is a stop and shooting I, them. And I I swear that when Kerr before he was coaching, he was doing when uh, Nelly was coaching the the Baron Davis Warriors. Yeah. Matt Barnes is on that team. And Kerr did, he says, you know why Matt Barnes? He, he, he lets him shoot. Nelly lets Matt Barnes shoot. And he's not a great three-point shooter. He shoots 28%. And he, <laughs> but he kept shooting. Yeah. But uh, I was wondering what you wanted Rudy to shoot. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we got to see it. I bet you we'll, we'll see it in a preseason game. You know, I, I'm, the one he made in the FIBA game was top of the key or whatever. I mean, when do you remember Rudy ever even standing there in a Wolves game? That yeah. That's not going to happen. I think the way it could be maybe functionally helpful is if he could, it's like Vanderbilt. Remember that? Like <laughs> where he was got in the way of cat yeah. underneath. Yeah. So then they moved him to the yeah. corner and he would shoot him sometimes. Like right. you needed to go in a little bit more. Yeah, you're gonna, okay. You're going to say the Vanderbilt doesn't like me. Think? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love your tweet. Hey, he's still practicing threes and they're still not going in. <laughs> the famous, Dane Moore tweet. He, he didn't like that. That's so funny. My favorite player growing up, like when I was a little kid, was Dennis Rodman. Oh. And um, in the modern NBA, I'm not saying he's Dennis Rodman, but there's probably nobody. Oh, yeah, he the was NBA. the poor man's Rodman. Yeah, yeah I heard that, that comparison. That is, is, yeah. is, yeah. is more that. <laughs> so I yeah. was like, cool. The one guy who doesn't really doesn't like me on the team is one guy I actually yeah. kind of like the way he plays. I still, whatever. We got to, we, we, we talked about it and, I expressed yeah. where I was coming from. I said, I worded that poorly. But uh, Jared Vanderbilt, Lakers, I mean, he's... Yeah, he, he's 6'8", he's undersized. He, he didn't he get as much... He can guard on yeah. the perimeter. Yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's yeah. what I like about him, too. We got one more question here? Um, looking way, way into the future, what will it take for the Timberwolves to get a new arena and... What steps need to be taken for that to happen? And do you think the Target Center is a modern, is suitable for a modern NBA arena? No. <laughs> um, and then yes, I, I think they they will um, in in time, and they're, they're going to have to. I think the, I mean the mo the interesting conversation around that is nerdy and tax related, and are we going to pay for it? Um, that that's the way it it, it kind of goes. I. I would be very curious to see if Minneapolis or the state of Minnesota approved a tax to, to be able to, to do that. But they are absolutely going to need to, in the pretty immediate future, get that going because this can't be where the Timberwolves play five, eight, ten years from now. I mean, is it a new arena or is it a renovation? 
Oh, it'd be a new arena. It would, yeah. We, they, we already they, put a uh, candy shell on it. Yeah, they already renovated it. Mm-hmm. Um, this what, what do you up, think of Target Center? Well, I sit, I sit courtside, so it's fine. <laughs> but the, their issue is the suites. They don't have enough suites yeah. to make money. They got 10,000 seats up top and 7,000 in the bottom. Yeah, yeah I, I think my understanding, which I like, is I think Finchie likes how close the crowd is to the players. It's a big home court advantage when the crowd is on there. This actually came up, uh, if I'm able to name drop again. Uh, last oh, night wow. I had dinner with Mark Rosen, Johnny Athletic, and Dan Barrero. And we were, thank you. And we were, uh, I said, is it really, are they really going to be privately funded? And I think, I don't think it's possible is what the consensus was. Um, but this is what I do know that A-Rod had said to somebody, it will be in the location. The new arena will be in the location of Target Center, which I like. I like that. Because Lori wanted to move it out to the suburbs and build like a little, you know, Mark Lori town or something. But, but was, the problem is... What was the is, name of his town called? Uh, how many... Oh, Telosa. Telosa. I was going to say Tesla. That's not right. But how, how, uh, how many years... You know, the Vikings only played one season outside as they built U.S. Bank. But basketball is a longer season. What will happen? Will they have to play two seasons elsewhere? I think so. XL Center in St. Paul? Well, I, I thought, I mean, it would need to be XL, right? Like, I don't know yeah. what would even be. A, I mean, you can't play at the barn. Yeah. You know. Have you ever seen a basketball game at U.S. Bank? It doesn't work at all. <laughs> it's... It like the court literally is just the end zone. It does yeah. it does not work. It's uh, so I think that's not uh, that'd be interesting. But uh, yeah, that, I would. I mean, you like St. Paul more than I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, like no, my dad there. worked there, but no, Minneapolis is great. You got to have it, in Minneapolis. Yeah, that's that's the way. I, I think it's interesting. So they would expand the footprint then, right? Like, do they knock out Butler Square there and O'Donovan's right. and right. all that? I mean, that's where I would like it to be. Is I I, I think. There's a there's a May somewhere in the future where it's like the Wolves are in the second round or Western Conference Finals and the Wolves play at 7 o'clock and there's a Twins Day game and everybody goes to the Twins game during the day and then walks across the street to target. I think that is would be such a cool thing yeah, for, for the state of Minnesota. Um, I, I think it, it should absolutely be right there. Absolutely. Well, it looks like that's sourced by Craig Kilburn. We got one more question here. We'll wrap it up. Is that a what is what jersey is that? Yeah, I'm trying to. That's oh, not, uh, speaking of uh, Wolves draft bus, not Shane Neal, Anthony oh, Bennett, Bennett. <laughs> number one pick, Anthony Bennett. Wow, that's that's. He has I was some, I was super convinced. He, actually, they didn't, so they didn't draft him. They didn't draft him. They well, I, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. yes. He dunked well off two feet. <laughs> I, no, I, that was literally what I thought. He had two handed yams. I thought yeah. it was. I thought it was. What more do you need? <laughs> All right. Anyway, so my question is: In uh, NBA history, thirteen people have finished their career with four All NBA selections. Twelve of them have made the Hall of Fame. Cat has two. What would you put the over under at? I one and a half. You take an over or under, and how's the phrase Hall of Famer Carl Anthony Towns make you feel? Yeah, um, I think it's gonna be harder for centers to make All NBA now that they're letting go of positions, um, right? Like, I think that's. I don't know. I would need to look at the list from those years. Now it's just going to be the 15 best players in, in the league. Um, could Carl, 
I mean, Carl could have a season as one of the, the, the top 15 players. I guess I would guess one more in, in his career. Um, but that's an interesting stat. I didn't know that, that, that four times was the number. I mean, I guess, but you could make the Hall of Fame without getting four. All, it's not like a requirement. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think about Hall of Famer Carl? Yeah, that's, uh, I think his uh, legend right now is, is tarnished. Yeah. Um, even though I like him. Uh, so I don't know if he's going to make the Hall of Fame. Has he had an, what has he done all NBA? Is it second team or he has, a, well, I think he's third done team third team, team? Yeah. twice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's and just really uh, close to the one year. Rudy got it over him. Yeah. Uh, uh, that bothered me. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I I'm a little Carl concerned. I, I don't know if Cat, I, I like him as I keep saying. I don't know with Ant on the team and his ascension if yeah. he's going to have that kind of all NBA mm-hmm. no, that, 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 season. That, that's probably the, the right way to look at it. I mean, I feel like we've done a lot of the. I mean, Carl is both things, right? He is the good player and he is the player who has some problems controlling his emotions on the floor. Like, the question is it's 27, right? Like, I always say. I saw with Andrew Wiggins the year before, the year they traded him. Remember, like before they traded him, he's pretty good that year, and he was before. But I mean, obviously Wiggins was a disaster, probably. But that season, he started the year pretty good, and Wiggins had a kid that year, mm-hmm. and and from my perspective of having covered him, he seemed like a different person. I say I always say he turned on the adult life switch yeah. that season, and he goes on and he wins a championship a year later yeah. with the Golden State Warriors. I don't mean this in a pejorative way with Carl, but like. Is is there is there an adult light switch that he can turn on, and how much does that change him? Just from being a little bit older, more mature, it's twenty seven, right. and I think some people are saying this might just be who he is. But I think we should consider the idea and his behavior in the World Cup doesn't suggest it. His behavior on the podcast this summer doesn't suggest it. But if he can control some of that more. Mm-hmm. I do wonder yeah. what the upside right. of, of that is because I think I think it is extremely costly. I, I think it's even more than we understand or that we can quantify with numbers. You mean the whining? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm being like actually real about it. I, I yeah. think it's I think we know it, but it's it's in critical times. The game and it's stupid. We're talking about FIFA, but like that team lost the game. Because he got a second technical in the fourth quarter when it was tied, and he's the best player on their team. Yeah. How many times have we seen things like that, or a foul, or a, a belief that right. the yeah. ref is out to get him? I mean, that stuff has to change. And if it doesn't, yeah. there's there's no way he's making all NBA. Let me let me ask you something. I I don't know if this is true, but I there's a I'm willing. I've said before I'm willing to trade Cat at some point. I just want to know what we're getting. I, you know, I always want to know how what we're getting. Sure. But I don't know. In the first half of Game Five, I think he was struggling, and I was frustrated. So now, then he had that amazing second half. What I do with Cat and Rudy is say we have them now. I'm not really thinking beyond this season. And I just say, if he's messing up, bench his ass, and then bring somebody else in. Or if Rudy's not playing well, I've seen Finch. He he benched him down at uh, Dallas uh, this year played small and we won just do whatever we have a deep team so 
But when Cat is on, like he was at the Laker playing game, no one could guard him. He did it in Denver in the second half, game five. I'm fascinated to see the accountability of Finch. And I didn't have dinner with him, but he did come on the podcast. And, and, and he, 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 he said that. He goes, people are going to need to be okay with not closing games sometimes. I, mean, I think Kyle Anderson's going to close a lot of games, right? Like, right. So sometimes Rudy's not. Right. And I don't think we've ever seen it where Carl's been benched in the way that Rudy was in that Dallas right. game or the Brooklyn game. I remember off the top of my head. Um, but I'm, I'm really interested to see how much of an iron fist mm-hmm. Finch tries to, you know, implement some of right. that accountability. And, and it's also going to be, I think, strategically necessary from a, you probably against some opponents can't close the game with Rudy Gobert. Yeah. It's probably not yes. going to be yes. the, the best strategy. And I, and Finch said it, he's like, they're going to need him, Kyle, Cat, yep. whoever it might be is going to need to be okay with not closing games sometimes. That will be one of the things I think of the track the first month of the season right. when they do play a Brooklyn right. or, or a Dallas. When you uh, are there for the post game and you're asking questions and you give some analytics, some numbers to Finch, does he ever roll his eyes and say, slow down, Dane, or what? Or does he does he like all those numbers? <laughs> so say afterwards. <laughs> what was that? Yeah. <laughs> No, Finch, Finch is I, – I really liked uh, covering Ryan. I knew him a little bit but before. Uh, Tibbs was like my first year, so I didn't never really get to know him. I don't know – again, I don't know how noble he, he was to get. But Finch is for us, for me and John and Jason, Chris and Britt. Um, and, and he got frustrated last year. I mean, over, with us, with everyone, you know. Um, but he's – He's, he really helps my coverage. Like I, I, I think I do a better job because he actually answers questions. And um, a loop, like I don't know a tenth of what Chris Finch knows about basketball. Right. So I'm trying to actually learn something from him so as to share it. One thirtieth? What do you think it is? One twenty-fifth? Three hundredth? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I was on the whole structure thing pretty early last year, and uh, that seems to be coming out now too. Uh, we got one. Well, this will be our this will be our final last question. Yeah, cool. Um, Make it a good one. Yeah. I want to change Keeping it. Keeping it on the topic of basketball, but also transitioning it to the Lakers. What do you guys think of winning time? Have you been watching it? And then also, what do you think of the players in the locker room in that show compared to the T Wolves? Have you watched Winning Time? No. No, me neither. <laughs> uh, I didn't. Wa- I didn't watch. I have. It. I, I have heard. I have to watch it. I know that uh, the portrayal of Jerry West is not supposed to be accurate. They make him sound like a fool. Mm-hmm. That's all I heard. But I, I don't watch. I also don't watch a lot of sports movies. I do. I, I rewatched Hoosiers with Gene Hackman the other day, which I like. That I love when they go to the big arena and he measures. It's ten feet, just like back in hickory or whatever but no i don't watch uh i don't watch showtime or whatever winning time winning time i i have a kind of adjacent question this will be our last question have you tried to recruit any other celebrities to be wolves fans and how i've I never worked no i've never i've never tried that but i do obviously promote them yeah. on my instagram and it's disturbing that they're not on that much uh prime time yeah. on because people love Ant. I know. He is he's the, he is so entertaining both on and off the court, you know? Yeah, that's 
which kind of contributes to the whole thing we were talking about at the beginning, the, the bigger market and this and that. I mean, it can just, they can put them on TV more. Someone told me, I'm not going to say who, but this week was one of my dinners. So A-Rod's getting a relationship with Anthony Edwards. You know, the famous thing, Ant didn't know who he was, blah, 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 but now they're friends. So then Ant got comfortable with him and he called over A-Rod. And he says, I got to ask you something. How'd you screw up J-Lo? He did. That's who he is, right? That's who Ant is. Is that funny? Straight to the point. Uh, all right. He's uh, Craig Kilborn. Let's uh, clap it up for Craig for doing this. And, uh, and thank you guys all for, for coming out, uh, for doing this. We'll do a handful more of these uh, this fall or over the course of the season. Again, October uh, 14th, we'll be back here. We'll do it. Bigger than this, we'll, we'll get outside and uh, we're figuring out what that will look like exactly. But uh, come back for that and obviously take care of the Falling Knife staff here. They're very gracious uh, for, for hosting us. And, and if you're trying to, you know, watch the Wolves season opener, they're playing in Toronto. Come here and, you know, watch the game. And this is a place they always, as you're seeing here, they got the, the TVs going and they'll have... I've been told they will have all the Wolves games on and the sound will be on. And I honestly don't know what other liquor selling establishment in Minnesota will do that. So, again, thank you for coming. Uh, he's Craig. I'm Dane. Uh, until next time, peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stop, yeah. Green it all so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah. Hope you're dancing like nobody else around, yeah. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.